A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. <laughs> Alrighty, folks, what's up? It's Rob Z, the Dead Pull Hitter. Welcome back to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Today, we're going to get together with Dom, the bullpen guru, and go over the article that he just wrote over on the PullHitter.com website that has to do with the NFBC player movement in the main event. So we'll look at ads and drops for the week that include Bobby Miller, Luis Urias, um, Patrick Bailey, and Jake McCarthy, and some of the questionable drops in, in our eyes and can since Dom missed last week as he was traveling for work, we go over some of the moves we made in the last two weeks and trying to swim through the inevitable call-ups that will be Ellie De La Cruz and Kristen Encarnacion Strand and Royce Lewis is now going to be in fab. So how to prepare to face those if we need those players and how we're getting by now in anticipation of those moves. So uh, we go over our processes in that. We do a little watch list Wednesday. We're looking ahead at next week teams who might have the best matchups and as well as who the players that we think will command the top bids for the weekend coming up plays that we could put on our watch list and yeah that's pretty much it so i hope you guys enjoyed the episode oh and if you haven't yet joined the patreon or experienced it patreon is now running a free trial so on the show notes in the episode description you could click on the patreon link it'll bring you there and you can sign up for the week if you want, you get a free trial of the entry tier at five bucks, the meatball tier, and you get everything for a week. Just to try it out, see if you would be interested in doing that. And this is the time for the middle of the season right now. We're gonna get a lot of crunching going on, a lot of number crunching. Everyone's gonna really be feel focusing on the standings and how to make moves in there. And hopefully, we can provide some headway for you in trying to make those moves the best you can. So enjoy this episode with Dom. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the dead pole hitter. I'm here with Dom, the bullpen guru. We're about to go down the NFBC main event player movement for the weekend. Dom, what's going on tonight, man? Not too much, Rob. Another Mets win, another uh, good day over the Phillies. So I'm happy and uh, you know ready to talk, talk some fab after a two-week hiatus, so... It's um, my gotta... mind right. I I felt like lost going into Fab last week after uh you know we didn't talk my my fault with uh 
work travel and then getting sick and just all the other stuff that that came up last week but uh yeah i just found like the weeks leading up to you know the weeks prior to last week i just you know talking through this and looking at stuff on wednesdays and you know watchless wednesday um just i was so much more prepared than i was last week i was very like rushed and under the gun and stuff like that so this will be good for me yeah it's it's really tough when you get those situations sometimes you know life hits and you just can spend not as much time as you want because and a lot of it has to do in the back of my head i just know what everyone else is putting in right you know and sometimes there's times where i'm like oh man i didn't get to read this or do what i want to do and it gets stuck in my head that other people are like outworking me, you know? And I don't um, think, I don't think anybody's outworking you, but no, no, it's just like, it's just, it's just, it's just embedded in the brain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm really happy with uh, Carlos Rasco's looked awesome in the last two games, man. It's really, this is like a real big shock to me that not obviously we know he's capable of going six inning strong and delivering good games, but it just seemed like so grim when he got hurt and, the struggles he was going through in the beginning of the season, but um, he looks focused. The pitch clock is not bothering him really anymore. And, you know, he's, he's, he's thrown well. He's, he's yeah, back he's to being cooking. Yeah. His velo is up a little bit too, which is, is nice and encouraging. And I mean, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I love, I love Carrasco. I've loved him since he was on Cleveland. Like, so when the Mets got him as kind of like a throw in, in the Lindor deal, I was like, because I wasn't a fan of the Lindor deal at all. Like I, I really didn't like giving up Jimenez, um, but getting Carrasco back in that kind of um, made it a little easier for me to, to tolerate just because like, he's, you know, he's a professional pitcher and um, yep. you know, like just, it, it, they could afford to give him up, but like, you know, it's, it's hard to just find a guy like that. And, you know, he, he actually had a pretty, you know, reasonable contract for what he's done in his career. So, um, you know, I thought that that part of it was, uh, you know, beneficial um, for the Mets. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's encouraging, like, the, you know, the pitching. Him and Senga have really stepped up the last two nights and really the last, you know, couple um, – for Senga the last couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, things are coming together, uh, you know, even right. when the offense doesn't look so hot. But – you know, the pitching stepping up. So that that's encouraging because, uh, yeah, we need it right now. And Francisco Alvarez just continues to impress me more I know. and more every game. And I just, uh, you know, I'm just super, super excited, you know, playing so many different drafts and hold leagues. And um, I don't know what to, I'm so reserved with the Met players. I think in the whole offseason – um, you know, Ryan Venancio keep trying to tell me how, you know, Beatty's going to play, like these guys are going to play. And I'm like, yeah, I know they should play, but it just, I was so hesitant to believe in my head that they were all going to get pushed into the front, you know, of the, yeah. the line and, and given all this uh, time to contribute. So um have to refocus my prospect lens a little bit next year. Um, I do, I was trying to take them at the end of draft champions, but I guess it's just a Met thing. You know, I wasn't always, uh, 
very reserved, I guess, when it comes to the New York Mets. Yeah, I think I mean I was I was in the same boat as you, and, and me and Ryan had that conversation like with Alvarez, and like uh, you know I was thinking when you said Alvarez, I was like, it's funny how good his defense looks when he's got eight home runs, isn't it? Like, but mm -hmm. but honestly, his defense it has looked good. Like I don't know if you did you see the game last night where he threw, uh, I think it was Real Muto out at second trying to steal, or um, it was just like a cannon. Cannon, yeah, yeah, like from his knees through a cannon, like as he was reaching, I think it was like a slider almost in the dirt. He was reaching and his backhand just came up Gundam. I was like, all right, yeah, his defense is pretty good. Something um, to say too about like his body language. You could tell when he's um just how he carries himself behind the plate. He's very on top of things. Last night, Senga um, stepped off and like he kind of just quickly ran out to the mound so like Senga didn't get like a disengagement mm -hmm. um call and like for like a ball and I don't know just being real heady you could just um... yeah I mean but that was like that was like that tonight with Nito and Robertson it was in the ninth like it was like the clock was running down and like he just like ran out with like a second left on the clock so that he didn't <laughs> take the ball and yeah. like but I mean yeah it's good you gotta be locked in like if you you know if you're a catcher and you notice that stuff like you gotta you know shows that they're they're focused so you know that that's uh very encouraging and but the thing about the alvarez like your thought and and i was you know in lockstep with you was like in reality it took both nito and um narvaez yes. getting hurt for yeah. him to really get the shot so like i i still don't think it was a bad thought process um not to say like you know if they were both healthy and both not hitting well like he might have gotten a shot anyway but um you know i i still think things kind of had to break in his favor to even get this shot and that was my reason for being hesitant on him and and honestly Beatty. and yeah i'm the same way it's like i'm i think i'm not a homer and maybe it's by like default where i'm like i don't want i'm already like emotionally invested in them like watching them and being a fan that i also don't want them to like if they're having a bad year to like, like screw over my fantasy teams and mm -hmm. my rooting interest too. And yeah. and truthfully, like how the team is developed, like there's only a handful of guys that are everyday players. They're, they're platooning and they've just built a deep bench so that they're utilizing it throughout the regular season, which is a smart way to build an organization, but it's a tough way to um, derive like, season-long fantasy value it's it's kind of a headache when your guy is sitting two days a week and you're like come on man you yep. know yep so and so so francisco alvarez this uh this this morning i was prepping for uh the second chance draft they just did tonight with the uh pole hitter discord family uh patreon family and yep. um I was just looking at, you know, I, I I downloaded the uh I got my projection set, I threw it in the aggregator from Tanner Bell and I spit it into my um I did my weights for everything and got my ranks and I'm looking through and I go to catch her and I said, Where the fuck is Francisco Alvarez? Right? And then I go to his fan graph page and I see the rest of the season projection and I see a hundred 30 at bats, 170 at bats. And I'm like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing here? Oh, uh, man, it's so funny, too, because um had a busy day. But anyway, before the draft, I was just trying to go through some of the, you know, 
plate appearance disparities that I saw. And I was just like, ah, you don't know what's... Anyway, so Francisco Alvarez went 11 tonight in the 11th round. I mean, um, in the second chance gladiator leagues, the NFBC league, which is, you know, nine... Nine pitchers, fourteen batters, no no bench. It's just an all ball, not a best ball. It's an all ball roto league, and yeah, I considered him uh, four picks before he got picked, and I wanted a second catcher, and I'm like, yeah, is it is it too early here? You know, I'm like, ah, oh, like what am I doing? Like, um, anyway, and I was a little behind the eight ball on pitching, so I went with Nestor Cortez, but. And he went three picks later, and uh, I was pretty upset because um, I it, it would have been fun because I didn't have him, I didn't draft him all season long, <laughs> so I so, wanted so, to get one Alvarez in. So, so you're telling me you run projections and run SGPs and and weight things and do rankings in preparation for these drafts? You don't just go into the draft room and just like filter on, you know home run steals and just completely wing it like I, I did. I should have done that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I did. It was fun, but it's like, yeah, it it's uh, a little bit uh, hectic when you like are not, it's, it's a weird feeling being in a draft, like not prepared and knowing like, you know, where I'm trying to target based on like value and stuff like that. And just completely mm-hmm. winging it and like going off your gut. And then, you know, it seemed like a lot of the guys that I was drafting with over the weekend when I did one, were doing the same thing. Like, we, you know, guys were getting drafted in round like 17 and they're like, Oh shit. Like I forgot about that guy. Like he's going to be going earlier tomorrow. Like we'll, we'll, we'll fix that ADP going forward. Like, you know, and so, so yeah, I, I kind of wish I took the time to like do that, but at the same time, I didn't have the time to do that. And I was like, eh, I'm just going to wing it. It's going to be fun. So, yeah. And that's the thing. I took the time to do it, but I didn't take the time to digest the doing of it. You know what I'm I, trying to say? Like, I, 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 I was just able to have, you know, a, a, a sheet yeah. with, with numbers on it, but I didn't really have a chance to, dive into those numbers yeah to like myself see, like, a little where more time but yeah i was like I, at that point i just had that and i was just gonna try to you know like i said if i saw any disparities in the playing time just kind of like make a note of it but it also kind of got me to open you know to kind of really dive into the uh rest of the season projections a little bit more and there's some crazy there's, a, there's some crazy things out there the, mm-hmm. the projections have changed a lot for certain people and um there were some players like, you know, I thought it was funny how Reed Detmer's his ADP is 190 right now. And that's what it was all draft season until the main event season. And then he throws 97 Jumped in spring up, training yeah. and he goes up to 110. And then now he's back to 190. Yeah. It's well, so funny. You know, like I, um, at a certain point in the draft, I was just like, you know what? Like I'm tired of just like filtering through either 2023 stats to like figure out who I think I should go. And I'm just going to like, filter by ADP and just be like, all right, this was the ADP three months ago. Yeah. Um, let me just see where I think there's potential value, whether it be underperformance or, you know, like, like at, at the end of the day, it's still been two months. So like, um, you know, people can have a bad two months, but like if we felt strongly enough about certain guys, a you know, a couple months ago, barring, you know, injury or anything like that, like, um, 
are they that significantly different of a player that they're going, you know, 10 rounds later than they were two months ago. So that's kind of the approach that I took at a certain point in the draft where I was just like, I'm just going to quote unquote value draft based on like the yeah. collective, like NFBC draft, you know, brain um, a couple months ago. And I'm just going to start picking off guys like that, that fit the roster. And, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, I think there, I think there's something to that where you're just saying like, okay, you know, a lot of smart people put in a lot of time, you know, over the off season and draft. And this was what the ADP sp like spat out. And, you know, I'm just gonna kind of take the, the falling val quote unquote value um, from that. So I don't know. Yeah. It's um with, with all gladiator things, it's kind of, we're all just guessing and being like, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, yeah, we'll see who who's right in the end. It's cool seeing like some of the, disparities in the beginning of the ADP from the beginning of the season or just even from main event season. And like you're saying, um, the difference in thought uh, and value of one player in just a matter of time. And um, Brian Fitzgerald tonight, he picked 10th and he got J-Rod in the first round. And then on the, mm. on the come around, he got Trey Turner and they were both had ADP to the, you know, top five. Right. Um, and so it's, it's just interesting how it can change. And, um, like if you were, you know, got that start, that was impossible to ever get that start. Just like you said, six weeks ago. So it is, it's pretty wild. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. fun partaking in. Yeah. It. Trey Turner still went third overall in my, in my gladiator that I did. Um, and J rod still went sixth overall. So yeah, I mean, and that was, that was last Friday. So that's like five days difference. And, so yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny to see the changes in value. Like I was I got I got really uh screwed up when I was seeing Estuary Ruiz in like the fourth and fifth round in yep. these drafts and I was like Yeah. Damn. I was taking him like I think in the first gladiator, I think I like the first gladiator, like the one that you know we did back in whenever yeah. it was. I took him in like the 18th round and I was like, this is like super early wow. considering I was taking him like 25th round in DCs at that point, but he just kept creeping up and like got to the point where like main event time, my, the first one, I think I, uh, he was in, he was there in like the 14th round and I passed on him. And then I was like, I wish I didn't. And I still wish I didn't. And then my second, <laughs> my second main, I, I think I took him like in the 12th. I was like, he's not getting past me this time. But, Alec um, Manoa didn't go tonight. Did not get picked. Yeah, I don't think he went in mine either. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's it's bad times for Alec Manoa. Um, some guys are still in the same spot in like the same vicinity. Mm -hmm. Um, some some players, like the closers, are really interesting. Um, there's a lot more of the top. You know, the top. Uh. Closers going before like round uh pick a hundred, you know. I think there's still the same amount in like the rounds three to five, but overall, uh, in a top one hundred twenty picks, there seems to be more closers in general. Um, like Lang, St Hendricks, they all hang around like ADP one thirty. Will Smith, 
and it seems like there's a lot of more options. Uh, David Robinson at 160. Um, I got Scott Barlow at like 80, uh, pick 180 tonight. So, um, Kimbrel's the most egregious of the of your draft that I Kimbrel went round twenty one tonight. Yeah, which yeah, is really, crazy. really late. But like you mentioned about Josh Young, um, he was taken in the seventh round of this draft too, and I just, I think that's really awesome. I mean, I I I think that, like you mentioned, some people thought it was a reach, but the profile reads that he can. It's sustainable, you know. Yeah, uh, and he hits the hits the ball super hard, man. It, yep. he takes the mightiest cuts. It was like he's playing, you know, s- soft pitch up there. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that's I think that's good. I think he's definitely um, shown that he's worth worth that draft cost. Draft cost. <laughs> but um, anyway, so you went to Chicago this week. I you did. Yeah, Wrigley Field. That your I first time to- at Wrigley. No, I, I was there about like 10 years ago um, okay. for a, a non-Mets game. Um, basically, like anytime I travel for work, if if there's a baseball team in the area, I try to make a point to go. So the last time I was in Chicago for work, I went to like a Braves-Cubs um, game. This time, the Mets were in town. I'm a Mets fan, so it kind of worked out perfectly. And so I um, was able to go and sit in a little bit better of a seat and then but the stadium in the in the last ten years from like when I remember going versus this time is like very very different. They've made significant upgrades to it, so um, it it was uh, it was cool to see. And I was sitting in a little dip, bit of a different section this time, but um, yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I was like texting you, like I love going to stadiums, like especially like like the last couple I've gone to were Cincinnati and Chicago, um, and just like. Those stadiums are just like dropped in the middle of a city, and like the sit, like the surrounding area, like is kind of like revolves around baseball. Like they have like you know baseball themed bars. Like Cincinnati's very you know baseball centric, and it's just cool that like the neighborhood that those stadiums are dropped in are like like baseball is like part of the fabric. Whereas like you know like City Field is like. You know, it's all just chop. Well, it's it. They're all gone now, but it's just like chop shops and like nothing around the stadium, and it's just like a parking lot and the stadium, and like there's no, there's no like, there's no like culture around it or anything like there's that. No life around. It, yeah, right? yeah. So so it's like it's so like cool where it's just like, you know, that you know that like Wrigleyville is like just like a baseball like kind of like sanctuary so it's it's uh it's really cool to just like be in the environment of that and like so so yeah it was fun i mean the mets the tyler mcgill sucked but i have a lot of cubs so um it was cool to just be there and and uh you know take it in so what do you think is more impressive to do as a human being going to see all like every stadium like Going to every active stadium, or if you're a baseball player and hitting a home run in every active stadium. Oh, being hitting hitting one. Well, I guess if you hit one in every active stadium, then it means that. Well, now they have the balanced schedule, so you could theoretically do it and and still stay on the same team. But I was gonna say, like, if you if you hit one in every active stadium, it probably means that you're getting passed around from team to team, and you know nobody. Nobody really 
wanted you and you're just kind of getting traded a bunch of times. So, um, but with the schedule now, it could just mean that you're like a beast, like judge or something like that. And you're getting to play every team once a year and you're just killing it. So yep. absolutely. Uh, either way. Yeah. That's definitely more. Important. <laughs> it's, it's, uh... Um, all right, let's talk about some fab for right, the last cool. couple of weeks. You want to hit up some of your moves for the last two weeks and we'll get into the, the big, the big highlights of this past weekend. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've, you can see, um, I've, I had a busy couple of weeks, um, you know, I guess, um, in terms of just the volume, I, it was a lot of small dollar bids, but, um, two weeks mm-hmm. ago, my big purchase was Aaron Savali. So I spent 118 bucks on him, uh, and then the runner up was 37 bucks. So I, I overbid quite a bit there, but, um, the way I saw it was like, and I I talked to you about it, like, you know, some of these prospects that, you know, we're throwing $400 bids on, like uh, a reasonable outcome for for them would be to perform like Aaron Savali. So the way I saw it was like, I thought it was a pretty safe and stable profile. And I think, you know, obviously I, I hope that he's going to get a rotation spot once they bring him back and not just put him in the bullpen, um, which is, I guess, a concern. But uh, yeah, I just, you know, I think the ratios are safe and the team, I think, will get a little better. I don't think the Guardians are as bad as they've been this far. Um, so yeah, and, and, you know, I really liked all, all that he was doing in the second half last year. So I'm hoping that he can kind of come back, stay healthy and and just find, um, find that again. Um, Kyle Gibson was another guy I went after for 24 bucks. Um, just, you know, looking for arms in that team. I, that's a team, the team that I lost Springs and Rasmussen. So Ooh. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm uh, just trying to compile pitching just to, cause that, that team also had mats in it. And so it's a combination of underperformance and then injuries. So just requires me to keep, stockpiling arms that I can um some and then I went cheap the rest of the, my my ads there so I picked up Jeremiah Estrada in both both of my leagues um picked up Chris Martin when I was a little worried about um Kenley Jensen's back picked up Victor Robles for a buck picked up Jose Caballero for three bucks and picked up Miles Straw for eight bucks um yeah, you can kind of speed play sense right? you could sense what I was looking for uh from from my pickups there uh, yeah. that that team is speed Deprived. deficient yeah. yeah despite even having Corbin Carroll it's just I'm constantly looking for for steals so um so those are the guys that I added they didn't really they didn't really give me much speed. They haven't given me much speed in the two weeks since I've added them. So, um, and then this past weekend, another um, kind of low key weekend. I spent I spent twenty bucks in both my leagues. Um, my my first one, I added Adam Adovino for eleven bucks um, and cut Estrada, who mm-hmm. I added the week before. Yep. Picked up Hayden Wisniewski for six bucks and cut Chris Martin. Um, and then uh, picked up Michael Grove for a buck and cut Gavin Stone. Uh, you know, that felt like a decent speculate, you know, spec move based on Stone's performance. Um, and then 
I cut Victor Robles because I just don't like the news about his back and uh, got Joey Weimer for two bucks. So Nice. replaced some speed um, with, you know, a little cheaper spec. And then in the my other league, cut Louis or added Luis Urias, cut Steven Matz, who I was, you know, trashing. Um, picked up Michael Grove for a buck once again and cut Estrada and then picked up Ronel Blanco. Mm-hmm. And cut DL Hall. So I, I was the only person in the main event that, that added Blanco. So thought so, somebody in the Discord saw it and was and was messaging me saying, oh, I, I see you picking up Ronald Blanco. And I was like, yeah. Um, so we'
I did. I did a couple of those myself. It's just, yep. you know, I tried to add for a doll to see if he would get any chances. And it's like, uh, you know, you keep coming in the fifth inning. <laughs> Got to go. Yep. Yep. That's what I was. I was in Wrigley Field. I'm like, I'm going to see Estrada's first safe, uh, you know, That'd and then great. and then they bring they bring him in to face Pete Alonzo with the bases loaded in the fifth inning. I'm like, or whatever it was, fifth or sixth inning. I'm like, oh, man, I was like, he's going to have to be a cut this week. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, I think his first, his very first outing, um, uh, like before I picked him up, he came in. It was in the fifth or sixth inning versus the Phillies, but he faced Real Muto Schwarber. So I'm like, oh, like they're bringing him in to face some heavy hitters, but he just, it's just not in the, it's not in the eighth, it's in the fifth. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the, uh, but it's good to, to see that, you know, it's like kind of like, at some point, maybe he does face those guys in the eighth to see how they you see how he handles them in the fifth and sixth, and then eventually you can earn that trust to get later work. But yeah, it's yeah, just it's so many options, and I know there's so many options on that team. Like, oh, they can go to anybody. I'm like, but every week a start is available. I can go after him. Oh god, I know, I know, and it's yeah, it's like a lesson lesson learned for me. I mean, I think it was the fact that you know he kind of came up once and everyone got hyped about him and like he was gone for like 20 bucks at a time and then like he got sent back down and then um you know everyone dropped him and then he came back again and so it was like okay now i can add him kind of like you know um on the cheap because he's now kind of off people's radar and everyone had been underperforming like fulmer was flopping boxberger got hurt you know mark Leiter jr isn't going to keep this up for forever he wasn't going to keep up what he was doing forever so it's kind of like i saw a path um but I, yeah i just don't think you can trust um ross like he just doesn't the, the team's not good enough to to really um provide enough saves at, for how he uses his bullpen to like even derive any value in like a fab league like i think mm-hmm. in a dc where you're you know, have a bunch of injuries and you just need to plug somebody in. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you don't have any better options and maybe he gets you, you know, a save or two a month, but for fab league, like the, the usage just isn't reliable enough and the save opportunities aren't reliable enough to, to do it. So at least you only spend a buck on them. Yeah. That's it. Just, just, just a little bit, just a buck and you give it a shot that's it. And you quickly move on. Um, I I also too got a little bit of the Joey Weimer action, um, you know. Obviously, the surface numbers don't scream like, "Oh, go run and get this guy!" But he plays every single day, mm-hmm. um, and that counts for a lot these days. Uh, yep. because there's so many platoons, um, and he's been better. You know, he's been better in last couple of weeks. I think like certain parts of the game, but he still hits the ball really hard. He's got seven steals, five homers, so that power-speed combo is there. Um, I think for two, for as many for as many ground balls he's hitting as how, and how fast he is, the BABIP is super low, so um, I think that I think that will kind of lean back to his favor and yeah. um, he just doesn't Right now, he's just, I think he's being a little passive in his swing decisions. I think that, 
he gets himself into bad count by not being aggressive earlier. So, and um, yeah, so I like that full time playing time and just hope that he uh, and to have a pretty good schedule in the um, man, uh, I, f- I forgot what the what their schedule played out like, but it, it was pretty favorable. Hold on, I have it written down somewhere. Yeah, and I know I well I know next week too. Like I I you know I was looking ahead for next week, and I think like they're finally getting past all the lefties that they're mm-hmm. facing. So yes. like next week they have you know one lefty. So I even you know just going ahead, like I was like, oh yeah, he actually might be like a good play for next week because at least I have I have a ton of. Well, I have a lot of Rowdy, and it's driving me crazy how many lefties they're facing because he sits against every left-handed pitcher. I don't understand why. I still don't understand why after they cut Voight and Darren Ruff is still like terrible, and yet they're you know he's one of their best hitters. And they still sit him. They just refuse to let him face lefties. So the fact that they only have one lefty on the uh, schedule next week is is welcome news, and, and it's probably good for Weimer as well. Yep. I would agree. Um, I also got a couple of Jew Waters this past weekend mm-hmm. um, for six bucks and seven bucks. Nothing crazy. Um, I know that there's definite swing and miss in his game that is not the best. Uh, but last season in September, he really closed the season out with a flourish. Um, just really barreled up pretty much everything <laughs> that he made contact with. And, uh, I don't know. I'm taking I'm taking the shot. I think before the oblique injury, he was on par to have, you know, be the starting center fielder and get good run to show that um, you know, trading for him for a first round pick is is justifiable. So I don't know. Take a shot at the skill set and hope hopefully I'll land something there. Yep. Kenta Maeda I picked up for four bucks. I had a String, uh, a big string of injured pitchers. It was Trevor Rogers and Kenta Maeda. I should have got Trevor Rogers two weeks ago when I really wanted to, and I was so keyed into what I needed at the moment and mm-hmm. made that decision of kind of thinking that it was going to be another week of under the radar moves, but it was a pretty mm-hmm. popular move this week. So, yeah, in terms of money, um, well, in you know, there's not really ever a time where like guys with twenty six percent K rates are available in free agent, you know, that that have a decent amount of innings pitched in the major league as well. So yeah. I, got, I took a shot at a four dollar Maeda. I don't know what his spot's gonna be. You know, they have Varland over pitching so well. So who yeah. knows if Maeda even goes back into being a starter. But first <clears throat> I feel like his first ten innings of the season was was okay, and I don't know if the injuries kind of started after that, but I'll take a shot for four bucks. Um, I took a shot of Caleb Ferguson for a dollar. That was just like um, in case I didn't want to go with my starter, and I just wanted someone who give me a shot at a save and some good ratios in the pen. And I picked up Jameson Tyon. It was he was dropped. I picked him up for twelve bucks with a backup bit of six and. Um, I still think he's a fifteen team arm. So mm-hmm. yeah, for um, I mean for twelve bucks also that's that's I mean, anybody anybody that has a 
that's in a major league rotation that you can bank on not getting, you know, demoted or something like that is is definitely worth at least that. So that's a fine bid. Yeah, I actually dropped him in a uh in OC two weeks ago, but I was I was definitely happy to pick him up in the fifteen team. It's a big thing to put like pretty big difference right now in the OC that you can kind of um there's decent pitchers that are popping up for cheap. Um so and I think with Tyon, it's just like he fell in love with this sweeper and it's not doing really much great for him. Yeah. But he continues to to do it. He continues to throw it. Uh, he's just not throwing enough pitches for strikes right now. So I don't know if he's just trying to be a little too cute or he's something's off. Um, but I, I think he could correct it. And um, I don't know. I was so in on him on the preseason. It's kind of what we're saying now with this, you know, with the second chance league, how much changes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I I think that I need to get better at that too. Like just in terms of fab, like if they're, you know, kind of like go back to your notes or whatever you kind of prepared in the off season, you spent all this time looking at and kind of just like, I think it's a good practice is just like, you know, read what you wrote and how you felt about that guy. If you do that, like I personally do that where I like kind of put my, what I see, what I think and I actually do this for like a lot of almost every player. I try to go through every team and look at every pitcher on their rotation and every guy in their lineup. And I put a, a reason why to draft them and a reason not to draft them. Um, and that I think helps me stay balanced in terms of my analysis where I consider the downside of, of guys as well and kind of force myself to consider the downside of guys. Um, so that way I'm not getting too you know, emotionally, you know, get like sucked into the helium of, of a certain player or something like that. I kind of at least, you know, level set myself. Um, and so, you know, if, if, the, if you have that, you can kind of look to that, see like, what, what did I like about the guy and has anything significantly changed from yep. when I did this in the off season? So, um, that was kind of one of the things with Savali where I, I looked at my notes from what I put together back in, you know, January about him. And I was like, okay, you know, he's only pitched a couple innings in, in the majors. So like what's changed other than the injury, nothing. Okay. Then this is an opportunity to get somebody that you really liked. And that doesn't come along easily on waivers this year. So, um, so yeah. So if you like them, makes sense. And you, yeah, you didn't, at least you didn't pay 118 bucks for him. No, so no, yeah. just 12 bucks. Yeah. Um, and, and, and sorry, I wanted to, uh, we wanted to um correct myself. It's the I knew I, I had some notes. I dug them out too. So it's the cutter versus lefties. He's thrown it's his most used pitch versus lefties, thirty three percent of the time. It's only getting a six percent swing and strike rate and a twelve percent CSW. Twelve percent. <laughs> and um it's got a four forty nine expected wolver against and he just continuously throws it first lefty. Then he's got a big disparity right now with his four seamer. He throws the four seamer nineteen percent of the time to righties with a twelve point three percent swing and strike rate, and to lefties thirty percent of the time with a two point six percent swing and strike rate. So I just think he's just got to get his attack versus lefties a little better because right now he doesn't seem to really have one. So, um, 
there's really no swing and miss to lefties. So, <clears throat> but I think he can adjust to that. And maybe it's more sinker and like it becomes less strikeouts, but that's fine. I just, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was it. Um, no, that was, uh, in, in, in the main event, in the non main event 15 team leaguers I'm in, I took uh, a shot at Luis Urias for the Brewers, um, for 22 bucks. Okay. Yeah, I, I grabbed them this week too. So yeah, I, yeah, I should have. Again, there was another guy too that I wanted to grab two weeks ago. So, with yeah, Rogers. Yeah, that's that's like the weird thing with him too. So like you know, like we, I was, I, I immediately went to him when you talked to, when you were talking about Rogers because um, like it's weird how some guys um, you have to grab like three weeks early before they come back and other guys like I, I was kind of shocked at at the prices that Urias went for this week like he went for an average of 26 bucks in the main and like he was a guy kind of a couple things so like Owen Miller took a, a pitch off his wrist on like Sunday Adamas got hurt over the weekend with the foul ball and like he had played a couple games of rehab already at AAA. So there was, uh, you know, kind of some speculation. And I bet if Owen Miller like was hurt that he would have been up on Tuesday um, to, to play just for mm -hmm. lack of other options. So like, I kind of was like, Oh yeah. I mean, you know, this is a guy that's going to play every day. And, um, but yeah. And like, I thought that that was a reasonable, cost for for you know what he is um considering like guys like willie castro went for 20 bucks and i think his path to playing time is a lot murkier than urias yeah you know what it's funny though because i don't man i don't think i don't think they're very far apart though because i mean Castro is definitely going to take a big hit, but he's also multi-versatile, and he mm -hmm. might just eventually wrestle. I mean, if he keeps hitting how he has been, he might wrestle most of the playing time in center field away from Michael Taylor. He might. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing with Urias, too, is that last year they weren't very kind with his platooning, and he was like, how rowdy Tellers is being handled now. And I was definitely aware of that it's one of the biggest things that i think pushed his draft price down this season and at least to me too it, it was always in the back of my mind is um you know how will they handle him this year you mm -hmm. know and i felt that it's definitely a roll of the dice that he's i can't really say he's gonna get full playing time i again i would hope that it does like last year. <laughs> I always hope I had him a lot and I just hope that he was getting full time. But they have Brian Anderson and like you said, Owen Miller is there and he's yeah. going through this like hot streak that's not gonna last because it's just nothing yeah. there. It's just definitely nothing there. Yeah. 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 So, I, I guess yeah, I, I guess my thought with Urias was that I thought he was just gonna play second base and kind of like, you know, Terang might go back down to triple A. Like I, I don't me personally, I just didn't see like Terang's like WRC plus is fifty eight right now on the season. Like he's hitting two fifteen, striking out twenty eight percent of the time. I I don't see a reason why he needs to stay on the roster at this point. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you, but 
uh, it's just something that sticks in my head because of the Brewers that just yeah. how they do it. No, that's, know, it's, that's that's fair. And yeah, I mean, I still the, went after him though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I did too. And and like I said, I at least I kind of went cheap where, um, because yeah, I I realize he doesn't really contribute much in terms of steals, and he's not a um plus batting average, you know, but. If I yeah I guess we'll we'll see I, I was hoping you know he could wrangle you know at least um, a majority of the playing playing time at second um, just la- with the lack of other options but yeah I guess we'll see um, he's still he's still not up yet so maybe this weekend um, yeah we'll see I did also too I did a um I kind of messed up in my auction league. Um, I don't know how actually we're supposed to have a string bid of a buck. Um, ended up being a string of four, but well, at least it's not 40. Where... No, I know. I know. It's a team that I don't really have a lot of money in left. Mm. And so I really trying to be frugal in, in anyway. And also too, I don't know what happened. I think it might've been a list that I didn't, completely finalized and mm. because it was in the wrong order and it was all four dollar bids when it should have been one and i have it written down too in my notebook like that that's the way i wanted to do it and anyway i got it jesus sanchez but i was i wanted paven smith ahead of him for like a mm. weekly stream of course he hit the bomb yeah uh, but i had jesus sanchez behind um i don't know i had him behind him that's the way i wanted to do it but he ended up being ahead of him anyway i still had him on the list too because uh you know so I think I've always been a little bit critical of Sanchez, but he does hit the ball extremely hard, and um, that team does need some power. So I'm just trying to get a little lightning in a bottle with him. Hopefully, get a nice flash of power, and maybe you know, maybe he improves along the way. His swing decision. Then I also got um a cheap two dollar Gabriel Arias of the Indians. Um, so doing my my fab column over at the Patreon and just diving into players. So first I noted that he was, you know, was to have a, a four game Monday to Thursday and a full game week. So I was kind of looking into him a little bit and he's only kind of been poking at poking in the radar for me. And um, I don't know, it just had like a nice uptick in power recently. The active velocity on fly balls is, is rising. And I think it's up to like 93 and a half miles an hour. Um, it's bowing up a lot more. It's hitting the ball just a lot harder. And I get the series with the Mets. And I was watching him. He just looks like an impressive physical dude, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, if he can just make better contact, um, that it could be pretty dangerous, you know? So I just like the way he hits the ball. It just like really comes off the bat really hard. So I, so I took a shot here. He's got, he's got eligibility in the NFBC, um for third base and outfield. Okay. And um he is three games away from shortstop too. So um which is surprising that he got into that many games at shortstop with Ahmed Rosario there. So Yeah, I think um, it, I think and, he got and first. He's got first, third. Oh, he just got uh he just hit it. He just oh, hit, hit first. No, he's got yeah, he just he's got first, third outfield and he's three games away from from short, so pretty. Uh... Yeah, he he's played, he's played one game at short since April twenty, or he's played two games at short since April twenty second. So I think he he got a lot of the playing time when 
early in the season, Rosario had that back injury for like a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like nobody in the, uh, in the Cleveland out, uh, right field seems to want to take that job. So, um, yeah, there's definitely nobody an opportunity for him there. Right. Yeah. Uh, that that's what I'm hoping for. So again, he just like, uh, pounded the ball into the ground a lot last year and his this year is a lot less ground balls. Um, he's still at 50%, but big, big difference from 66% and the launch angles ticked up and, and just hit the ball hard. So I was just, Taking a little uh in that league, I'm just trying to find trying to find some cheap um options. And yeah, it's 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 not easy. Like in the auction league, the auction championship, the fifteen hundred dollar league and twenty five hundred dollar league, the fabbing is different than a main event. It's mm. really um it should be the same or, or similar because obviously I think a lot more people are playing for the league than for the overall. And um it's just competitive, more competitive for like teams looking to consistently improve instead of going yeah. for always that big, big splash. I mean, splash. the big splashes are there, but there's more competitive bids through the week to week guys than than it would be in the main event. That where everyone's more looking at the you know the big prize. Yeah. So. Well, and it makes sense too. Like you know, like I I know you do a really good job of flush, like looking at like you know upcoming schedules and handedness and things like that. And when, you know, you're adding somebody for a buck that, you know, you feel is showing some skills and also has third base and outfield eligibility and might pick up first and might pick up shortstop. Then it's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, if, if you're, you know, third baseman on Thursday gets hurt, you have this guy that can do can go into any spot right on your bench that you can pop him in for the weekend and not lose a weekend's worth of at bats, even if they play two games. Like so, there, there's a lot of you know, it's like a, a useful kind of sneaky pickup. Like you know, just keeping giving yourself options. Like as I realized last weekend, when one of my main events, I had a seven man bench composed completely of pitchers and had no flexibility over the weekend and i had a couple injuries and then a couple guys getting days off and stuff like that and i was like damn i wish i had some bench pads right now so um so yeah so like guys like that certainly serve a purpose yeah i i i think they do that's why i picked up uh Dre Jameson, two weeks ago, I was hoping he was just going to be a starter but just kind of coming out of the bullpen um, a couple times a week might not be bad either. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm actually surprised more people didn't um actually pick up him. But so let's talk about let's talk about a couple of the bigger players from the weekend. Yep. Um, I think we know it was uh Bobby Miller was the uh big big eye uh that everyone was kind of going after this week. Um, yeah. For yep. you know all the reasons that we know, like yep. he throws a hundred, his stuff passes off the charts. He's on the Dodgers, you know he he got a good coke deal in Mexico, <laughs> and and, and, oh. and you know with you know just look at the pathway now too. Like Urias is hurt, Syndergaard yep. is disaster. You know Kershaw is going to go on the aisle at some point. Gonsolin May is done. Gonsolin's not the uh you know picture of health so it just seems like he's 
locked in for the rest of the year, at least into one spot in that rotation. Even if even if he was just doing a kind of like mediocre job, but you know he's he's looked really good. So, um, yeah, he he was the big big guy. Average two eighty one this week. Added in the the forty eight leagues, he wasn't already um owned in. So, did you get any Miller? No, I didn't have enough to to mm-hmm. go there. I mean, he he was my um. He was my priority in both leagues, but I I could only go to like one forty five and feel comfortable with the budget I would have the rest of the way, and mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to get him. So, um, you know that that's that's what my bid strings were. It was like Miller for one hundred forty five, you know Urias for whatever it was eighteen, and then the rest of the guys were like all sub like five dollar bids. So, just gotta. Yeah, for me, and that's kind of the theme. You can kind of see the theme of like the the popular ads. Um, the average price they're going for um, is definitely coming down. Um, so it seems like everyone's kind of like, I'm either going big or I'm going cheap. <laughs> so yeah. and, and just kind of so the the fab bidding has been a lot more low key. Well, at least it was a lot more low key this week. Um, Let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, the popular ads, we already kind of touched on Urias. He was the third most added. Nolan Jones was the most added player across, you know, leagues in the contest. He was added 49 times. Um, you think he's going to stick around? I mean, Crone is on his way back. Yeah, that's kind of what I put in the article was like, you know, for 20, he was playing every day at first the last couple weeks i think today he was out and left um but they kind of have a crowded outfield situation with grichuk and doyle and um chris bryant um and blackman also so kind of kind of tight for for spots to play um can he play third no yeah, that's, that's where he was when he was a prospect on the Indians, he was a third baseman. Yeah, and then he went out to the outfield because he couldn't okay. handle third base. And okay, yeah, I think um in in AAA for the Rockies, but he's been playing first and third. So okay, um, and and yeah, he still he still got the outfield. So um, yeah, it was interesting today with that he started versus a lefty. Uh, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. The profile sat versus lefty and, and pro, Jones yeah, started. I forgot. Yeah. So, um, I had I had a couple of like you know I think I had him down for about three four bucks maybe as high as seven in one league. Um, he was he was in my bid list. Uh, just you know, just taking a stab at some some power because he was he was insane in Triple A this this year. Um, so. Uh, obviously it's the big difference in the majors, but mm-hmm. the barrel yeah. rate was through the roof, uh, 16% in AAA. Uh, Max EV was 114.4. <laughs> His OPS was 1.228. Um, fucking nuts. So, uh, it's just, it's just wild. So, um, big bat, big bat. And I could definitely yeah. play up, but it's the Rockies and yeah, it's the to... Rockies. And yeah, it's just, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of similar players. Like, so, mm-hmm. 
even like yeah even like i i even forgot about like yeah you mentioned profar i forgot about harold castro they just got a bunch of a bunch of guys there so it's like if he and, and he's not raking he's striking out like 40 percent of the time right so you can just see him kind of getting muddled in with everybody else and if he's not standing out right away um you know you know crone's gonna play once he's back so yeah i didn't i didn't get any of him i i i i'm like you i just think it's probably gonna be messy and he'll probably end up being back on waivers in a week or two but um you know the the rockies do have that home series next week so maybe that's what people were hoping for was like just keep crone out for another week and let jones get a week in cores and see what he can do um Yep, that makes sense. Uh, Willie Castro, I know we talked, we hit on him before real quick, but he was real polarizing for me because, like, I kind of wanted to put in a decent bid for him before the news that Royce Lewis and Kepa will be coming up. Mm -hmm. And I think I still should have tried to get him for, you know, like a cheaper price. Um, I just, like, kind of completely knocked him down, <laughs> you know, uh, to a dollar at the end of my list. And, um, I think he's just been like really good in the last couple of weeks. You know, he's got three homers and five steals in the last 14 days, batting 333. But he's got five barrels, you know, for 18% barrel rate, just like multiple position spots. And I'm just like kind of hoping. But the thing is, that team is so packed. They got Polanco, mm -hmm. you know, uh, coming back and just so packed. But he's been so good power steel wise. And I kind of, uh, you know, Always had a thing for Willie Castro too, ever since a couple of years ago. You know when he had yeah COVID tour. bullshit year where he hit yeah. like three fifty. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, I kind of he... homers and one hundred and forty plate appearances. I was yeah. like, oh, this guy's a stud. Yeah, I think I think he I think I have kind of blinders for him. He was like guy that I went heavy after in Fab or like early last year. Um, might be because. Yeah, I kind of, I forget what happened with the Tigers, but I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna, he's he's playing like every day, switch hitter. He hit three fifty in that COVID year. Went yeah, but it was with a like five hundred Babbitt. Um, <laughs> and then the next year too, you know what's funny? The next year, I think it was like week one or two, he hit a ball super hard. It was his max max EV at the time. I think it was like plus three or four over what it was, and I was like. Thought it was such a validation of my pick of him. Like, yes, this is it. The power is there. It's real. And he was just a complete dud. Yeah. So, yeah. I love I, when I, fantasy I just, smacks us in the face like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing the thing is, like, they the twins are so crowded, but they're all getting so hurt. And it's like a revolving door <laughs> that, like, if you just bank on their injuries, which is probably, like, a safe bet, um, you know, he, and he's so versatile that he could probably just get enough playing time that it's worth it. But I don't know. It's just like, it's just like not a game I really want to play because like they are at least currently kind of getting healthy. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, Lewis is back. You, we have only seen him for three games. So like, you know, he played two and then sat one. But, like, is he going to play five five out of every six games or is he going to get every third day off? Like, um, you know, Correa is 
banged up and he's sat like two of the last five, but is he gonna, is he, you know, was this just a planned day off today or is, is it going to be a nagging injury? Um, so there's just like so many moving pieces and like, I, I kind of was with you where I was like, I wanted him because he kind of fit what I needed in terms of batting average and speed and in, in a couple of spots. But I was with you where once they announced the Lewis and, and Kepler return, I was just like, I can't, I can't like, I have such like limited resources at this point that I can't drop like close to 10% of my fab on a guy that I don't really know what his role is going to be. Um, so that's kind of how I came to my determination on Castro as well, but um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ben Lively of the Reds, he's been pretty, I don't know. He just came out of nowhere and I'm like, look at this old arm, you know, who is like, I know the name. I've heard of it and I've obviously read about him for years, but like, what? Like he, he's going to be a thing now. And, um, had another good start, uh, yesterday on Monday and in three starts so far this season, 22 and two thirds, he's got a 27.3 to 5.7 K to walk rate on a, on a, on a just not, not strong velo. This, the sinker sits at 92.3, but he's getting whiffs on the sinker and the slider, which is pretty impressive. And the slider is just pretty nasty. 22% swing strike rate on it, but the it just falls out of the zone. And it's just looks like it shouldn't work when you're watching him, but he's getting it done. And um, it was a decent price overall. He went as high as 55 bucks, but a lot of teams got him for you know, 11 bucks and, and down. And, um, I don't know. I had a hard time gauging my, my interest in Ben Lively as, you know, I kind of went with like, Oh, I'd rather just have a hurt pitcher. like Kent to my instead. And that's yeah. probably a bad decision. I, I don't uh, know. We'll see but, the second we'll start. See. I mean, I, yeah. Like I think, I think part, if he, if it was just a, if he was just starting like today or tomorrow, I think he would have been like sub 10 bucks, but the fact that he had a two start week, I mean, I, it's kind of ballsy to start him in Boston. How, with how guys have been, Absolutely. how they've been knocking guys out. Yeah. Um, but you know, if he did it and you started him, it paid off for you. I mean, you know, some of it seems unsustainable and, um, you know, a reds pitcher, um, just is inherently risky based on, you know, it is home park. Um, yeah. you know, like uh, his strikeout rate, 27%, swinging strike rate, 10%. Um, kind of makes me think that the strikeouts are gonna come down a bit. Um, yeah. but he's not walking guys, so that that helps uh, make it a little more palatable. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I, w- I wasn't interested at all. I, I don't. I don't do the two start hunting just because there really hasn't been like anybody. And, and and I think once I saw Boston, I was just like, no, absolutely not. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I I think though, like a lot of people are, I think a lot of the ads are reflective in, yeah, I like this, you know, 
I'll roll them out for this two star, but I think they're looking past it, like maybe thinking they yeah. just got an arm that they can, you know, stream on the road off their bench, which isn't, you know, a terrible option as long as you can, you know, skill that with with your roster. Yeah. Um, any other of the ad you want to touch on before we hit on a couple of the drops? Um No, I mean I, I think I think the one the one guy I really wanted was um the guy I was prioritizing after Miller was actually Badu. Um, mm-hmm. like I that. Think that was a good. I think that was a good call with, um, and especially now with Riley Green out, like maybe he starts playing a little bit versus lefties. I don't know if you really want him playing versus lefties, but um, you know, this week, th- you know, this current week, I think they were all righties or six to seven righties, and then next week they're gonna have I think five or six righties. So, um. You know, just looking at that schedule and the fact that, you know, he's, his power's been playing up a little bit, plus he's been stealing bases. Um, I was interested, but didn't didn't grab him. He went a little, you know, the average, he went in 26 leagues for an average of 23 bucks, but I think both the leagues I wanted, uh, you know, I was trying to bid on him. He went um, well above that, so kind of got priced out on him. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's... That's pretty much it. Um, Michael Grove I continues really to be the. Badu, by the way, I just yeah, really, yeah. I just um, he's making tangible differences in his in his whole profile, the swing decisions and the bat to ball. Uh, he's getting more aggressive in the zone, chasing less. Yeah, um, and that's great. Uh, just uh, even this, like everything. All like every single metric is heading in the right direction. The swinging strike rate has been on a decline since he first came into the league, just straight down. So, though, it's a lot of good things here to like. And I do think that he should pick up more playing time, but you know, they they do weird things, these clubs, like they'll go, you know, bring up. I think it was Jake Marisnik. Was that the right team or is that another team he came up for? I just can't. For, well, once I saw his name, I was like, "Why? Why is he? Why? Why?" Um, call Parker Meadows. Uh, I don't know, but like the you know you got Kerry Carpenter coming back, Nick McCann, yeah. who can also play, but they're all lefties, so that's the thing. You know, they're gonna someone's got to play full time, so I think yeah. it should be it should be Badu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whole like outfield slash third base situation is is left handed. Heavy, except for Veerling, who how long is he going to be out? I guess he just he just went on the IL on the twenty eighth over the weekend. So, so yeah, um, yeah, they're they're an interesting team, but yeah, he should. I I think he should get a decent amount of playing time. Um, you know, like I said, maybe even based on how he's been doing, maybe he even plays a little bit versus lefties. Um, with with Green out, I know. Badu doesn't necessarily play center, but, um, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It looks like Marisnik is their center fielder. They don't really have many other options. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. The team's just terrible. All right, so tell me yeah. the drops. Um, Dominic Fletcher was picked up in a bunch of leagues, and he just, Jake McCarthy, got called back up. And Yeah, that's, mean, that's the other name we could talk about is McCarthy. Yeah. Oh, on the ad side, McCarthy – went for a hundred bucks. So he was the only other player besides Miller that went for over, um, 
over 100 triple digits so and he's doing he's doing the jake mccarthy thing he's he's running like crazy He is. this week so um Yep. Yep. yeah I just knew like I wasn't going to be oh Paven Smith leash base five times today. Oh, what a stud. yeah and he had Oh a lead off god. i think yeah I should have I wish I didn't fuck up that big string. they Um don't play denelson lamette every day so ah, that's true. Um yeah, no, I I knew I wasn't gonna be in the running for what McCarthy was gonna go for, you know, so um Yeah. and also I have him on one DC. It was one of the earlier DCs that I took him before I really started diving into other profiles and I was most of my lean was lacked, you know, like second half, you know, I was like Mm leaning hmm on second half stat and skills uptick from first to second half. So anyway, I just feel like there's a lot there that can happen to make his playing time not disappear, but just become A point where it's annoying. He's played every single game since he got called up on Friday, you know, on the Yeah. 26th. But, you know, things. Revolving door type of thing. Like you've, you've seen now, you know, Yeah, they're willing like, to do it. They're willing to yeah. do it. So that's stuck in the back of my mind. And it seems like as much as he can contribute in steals, there is options now to go for steals. It's not just. You know, when you have guys like Freddie Freeman stealing 10 bases, <laughs> um, you you can just rely on some of the players on your team. Like maybe that you weren't projecting for a whole bunch. Maybe they'll start to tick up a little more. You you, you have to less to uh, afford to go for Jake McCarthy Yeah. on Yeah. uh, on free agency. Yeah, But. he he went like for like sub 10 bucks 2 weeks ago in my leagues and I wish I had thought about him then but um yeah, it just kind of felt like he's kind of buried and yeah, like you said just there there's ways for it to kind of go um to go bad, but we know that that, that team likes to run, they like to get aggressive and and like, you know, if he's on, they're going to just let him go. Um So, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't see anybody else. I mean, what, like, how long? What's, what's up with Kyle Lewis? Mm -hmm. I He's, don't know. He's not playing the field right now. He's just de aging and rehabbing. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That Like, that's. I, I think that's I'm what just, his future I'm is. just looking at outfielders that like could potentially like when they return eat into some of his playing time and Got like, Alec Thomas. You know, he he's waiting in the wings again. right. And I'm Yeah. sure they're not going to want to keep him in AAA. Like any site of, of just improvements or what they want to see from him in the minors, he's going to come back up and Yep. and be and be a factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that team that team like e even on the pitching side too, like they send guys down, they work with them and then they bring them back and like, you know, so that's that's me kind of coping cuz I still hung on to Fott and both both my mates cuz I Hmm. I still think, but You like did? I was texting you. I did, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, I know yeah. everyone's I dropped like, drop his ass. I'm like, Yeah, I dropped I still, him in my auction league. I had to. I was like, it's he's yeah, he he might need to be this week for me. I, I kind of want to see how I want to see a start at Triple A and see how he does. Like if he shoves, Yeah. because I'm not convinced that he's like that far away. But No, but he he's he needs work. He needs yeah, he needs work. I know, I know. The fastball is not it. That's Yeah. the thing. It's it's really not it. Um
Yeah, and so, a lot of, even like yeah, just yeah, he had no command. Like he was just leaving stuff over the middle of the plate, way way too way too hittable. Much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so yeah, drops. Dom Fletcher dropped in forty two leagues. Totally get it. Kevin Stone dropped in thirty three leagues. Totally get it. Fat dropped in thirty two leagues. Not not my, not me, but he might be next week. Um. Yeah, I mean the overriding theme for the main the the. The main reason for drops, injuries, demotions, um, performance, you know, I I should almost probably stop doing this in the in the article because there, there's not really any value in, in seeing the most dropped players because it's like almost it's like, no shit. These are the guys that suck <laughs> like or, or, you know, like I yeah. guess Grayson Rodriguez dropped in 20 that's, leagues. That's surprising. It's, yeah. It that much. I'm yeah. surprised it was that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I'm surprised at him being that much, and I'm surprised just going down to the smaller mm-hmm. um, grouped guys is um, Taylor Ward. I'm surprised someone did Taylor Ward in a mm-hmm. 15-teamer. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Ryan Venancio, we share an online championship team, and about a month ago, someone dropped Taylor Ward, and we were like, what? And we are in the top 100 in the overall, so... Like, man, we can add this preseason, you know, like stud target stud. that we had. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, wow, this could be huge. We have we have Liam Hendricks waiting to wing too. Um, and we took him and um you know, obviously we know what happened with Mickey Moniak coming over and taking a strong side of the platoon and we talked about it this weekend and originally when I made a like quick little bid list, a uh, quick little string of, of guys that have that's been on my watch list and um he was just the guy like I put in the drop list and when we went to go talk about it on Sunday, you know, Ryan's like I, I think, you know, it's it can swing back into his favor so quickly, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And so he's like, let's just hold. And um I'm like, Yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. So it's good to have a partner to think it through with on that end because I yeah. probably would have been cutthroat Charlie and um <laughs> And and not do that. Mark Vientos is another guy too, dropped in fifteen leagues after a immediately getting picked up. I just think that um I explain my process with him is that I watch I picked him up a couple of weeks ago and I watched how the Mets handled it with Beatty and with Alvarez and after mm-hmm. a while you know, they get the full time playing time. And I'm I'm not gonna say yeah, it's gonna happen with him guaranteed, but I wanted to be a little more patient with it and, and just I mean, I only picked him up for four bucks, so but I told myself, just be a little patient and give it a couple of weeks. And if it doesn't pan out, fine. But I don't have to like race through to recycle the spot. Like I'm hoping that this comes through in some fashion. So um, I'm just surprised that people like drop an ad so quick. Like even Brandon Williamson dropped in 30 lead. I don't know why he was so coveted the week before because he's not good at yeah. all. He got, hasn't been good in AAA. He's got a terrible park. His fastball stinks. He's just not, he's not going to help us in fantasy. And he was, very coveted two weeks ago and just immediately dropped in 30 leagues. Like what, what didn't you, what did you see the first time around that, you you know, like what changed? You know, like that. And this kind of is like a little bit of a tangent, but this was something that I wanted to like talk about last week. If, if we had had a pod was it's so some of this, some of the bidding like is so reactionary that, it's like kind of crazy how how much we react to like the shortest samples. Example being Matt McLean. 
right? So he came up, he, he got announced on Sunday and they, so we got as Fabers, we had a full week of McLean to see how he performed. And I bet if they announced that, you know, instead of on Sunday, they announced it on Friday and he played one game in the majors. He would have been like bids of like two fifty. He might've been the, the most, you know, the highest priced, um, hitter from a fab perspective but you know we saw him kind of like striking out a little bit not you know like i, I was kind of like oh man like he he kind of reminds me of like um like a cavin biggio because like early on he was just like getting like behind in counts and just like not being aggressive in the games because I was, I was watching him pretty closely because i was like this is a this is like a power speed potential guy that i want um, and I kind of just like, as the week went on, I just gradually lowered my bid and lowered my bid and lowered my bid. And then I didn't get him. But after the fact, I was like, dude, if, if he had just come up and played like one day, I would have thrown like 200 bucks at him. And like, we just re and, and he's been so good since. And it's like, we just react to these short samples and like, you know, I think like I need to do a better job of like formulating like, uh, a price point on a player and, and not let myself get swayed based on like, you know, a weekend series or, you know, a week. Um, right. Cause like, yeah, I just think like, it's like chasing, you know, like a dog chasing, you know, a car or whatever. Like you're just, we see it and we, we gotta have it and we gotta go after it. And it's like, be more methodical in like developing what you're going to bid on a guy. Um, so yeah, yeah, like the Brandon Williamson, like just up and down stuff. Yeah, I agree. Like what, what did you see in him to, to bid on him in the first place? And if, if, you know, I don't this is know. Wild. Yeah. And the one last guy I want to touch on to is Danny Jansen dropped in six leagues, mm -hmm. um, goes on the IL for the blue Jays. Yeah. Chuffed that up mostly that, to Zach. Yeah. I, yeah. Zach, Zach cut him three, three of the six. So interesting. So we got to ask Zach. Hmm. It's an interesting, interesting development. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he has another catcher that he he picked up. Uh, the Giants guy, Patrick Bailey. Yeah, that's a that's 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 a mistake. <laughs> we'll let him know. Yeah, we'll let him know. Um. Uh, and Craig Kimball. Craig Kimball. Yeah. So Kim, that's the one. So yeah. So this was uh. This is our buddy Bob, Big Bucks Bob. I, I looked into this because I was like, who's cutting Kimbrel? And he, you want to guess who he cut Kimbrel for? Which, you know, Bob's a Phillies fan. Connor <laughs> Brogdon? No, he cut him for uh, Ben Joyce. Ah, uh, okay. I think it was like a $1 Ben Joyce. Yeah, I don't get the whole Ben Joyce love either. Yeah, I, I just think like Estevez is doing well. Um, Joyce, Joyce was walking a ton of guys at, at, in the minors. Like, I know it's a big fastball, but um, for for fantasy value, I think like I don't, I just don't see how he's like a no. I bring, mean, brings redraft value this year. 
No, no, not at all. Estevez is fifth in the league with 13 saves. He's got mm-hmm. 32 strikeouts in 24 innings, a 1.5 ERA, a 1.13 whip, 32% K rate. He's not going anywhere. He's been stellar. Yeah. He's yeah. been stellar. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and Kimbrell's been, like, I, like we said, like, Kimbrell's been awesome. So, like, I would kill to have Kimbrell on my teams right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that was um, that was interesting when I when, when I saw that I okay. sorry no when I when like, I saw that I was like I have to see who who Kimbrel got cut yeah. for because I was that like jumped out off the page to me. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a that's an interesting um interesting move right there. Uh, maybe a team too is set up that he doesn't really exactly need some yeah. saves right now. Right, um, right. And he's anticipating Alvarado coming back, but yeah, I still uh, I still hang him out on my team. Still, yeah. I would, Still, I would still see it out. I mean, yeah, the the ones that kind of caught my eye, Cassis in three leagues cut. Mm-hmm. I kind of think he's coming around a little bit. Um, Graveman in ten leagues, kind of like what we what you just mentioned about, like even if even if Alvarado comes back, you'd want to hang on to Kimbrel and just see. Um, I I kind of would feel that way with Graveman too, and like we kind of saw it on Monday where Hendricks came in for the eighth. I just think there's something kind of weird where like you know they pulled Hendricks off the rehab and then he was just like facing hitters like in the park for like a week and a half before they activated him and it's like I don't know what's going on like what's going on there that they like took him off the rehab and like his velo's down a little bit so it's just like I don't know if he's gonna necessarily just like take the closer role and like run with it and this was like a question that um a couple weeks ago in like the reliever recon discord somebody was like I have Jason Adam like should I cut him for like some other closer spec and I was like no just hang on to Jason Adam like at least have Fairbanks pitch back-to-back days before you cut Adam and I I think that that's the same way I would handle Graveman. Like, wait until you see Hendricks throwing back to back days before you cut Graveman. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, even just keep him in your lineup for this first week. Just maybe, even if you had the the ounce the of a thought that maybe they would just work him in with some lower leverage stuff too at first. Hendricks, yeah. you know, just anything. Just yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I I, I kind of agree with you that just to keep him. Keep him hanging around. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you want to move over to our watch list Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. What are we watching out for this yeah. uh, this so, following week? Yeah. So I kind of looked. It's it's a interesting schedule in the fact that I don't know if there's a ton actionable, at least based on what we know right now from like a scheduling perspective. So I listed out the teams with seven game weeks. We got the Cubs, the Reds, the Astros, the Brewers, and the Blue Jays. Honestly, the only one that was super interesting to me was the Cubs. It looks like they have one game in the wraparound series. So they have a game against San Diego on Monday. Then they have three games in Anaheim. And then they have three games in San Francisco. So a West Coast trip. But it looks like, you know, just the teams they're playing – have a lot of lefties and if you look at the schedule right now it looks like they're scheduled to face five lefties next week um i don't know if there's anything super actionable here just based on the cubs lineup other than if you have morel he's probably going to play a lot more than he's playing this week and trey mancini um 
is potentially a guy if he's available in fab that might play more over like Mervis, um, just based on how many lefties they have. Um, I like that. yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting because yeah, the rest of the schedules it's a lot of just mix. Like you know, yeah, six game week, first half of the week they have two righties, and then the second half of the week they have two lefties. So it's kind of like you know, there's not there wasn't just how it's laid out right now. there doesn't look like there's a ton of opportunities to take advantage of um, with like a team facing super handedness one way or another, other than what I saw there for the Cubs. I mean, Bre the Brewers have seven games, um, one at Cincinnati, three at ball, three versus Baltimore, three versus Oakland. So, um, you know, they, pl and the good thing for the Brewers is they only face one lefty despite, um, you know, Oakland has a lot of lefties in their rotation, but they're only facing one lefty next week. So that's great. Great for rowdy owners. Um, Mm -hmm. Weimer, Weimer might be a good stream next week, given how many righties they're, they're facing as well. Um, not necessarily the best pitching staffs there in Cincinnati, Baltimore and Oakland. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Astros place face one, right. One lefty next week, but there's nothing really, you know, It's either the guys on that lineup are all owned or it's the outfield platoon situation that you can't really – they don't even really platoon. It's just they kind of just shuffle guys around. Yeah, So it's not it's a really mess. – yeah. It's a mess. Um, McCormick jokes and and Myers. Myers It's just really and, hard and to Dubon too and now Dubon that who could float yeah, into it. Yep. yeah. So Yep. um, Reds face five righties, but I don't think there's really – much actionable um i mean the free friedel getting hurt again probably moves sinzel to center um but i don't know not I, I nothing came to mind there that could be super actionable unless they make some um roster moves uh, the only other one um the blue jays face one lefty so that's good for belt Um, and kind of, you know, he hasn't really done anything but power wise this year, but over the last month, he's, he's got almost like a 500 OBP and he's hitting Yep. 333 in the last month with nine runs and seven RBI. So he's producing in the middle of the order. And, you know, with the, the thing is it's four games versus Houston and three versus Minnesota. So it's like good, good pitching staffs, um, for, but they're playing at home and, and, You know, with that many righties, he should get, you know, five starts at minimum. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a good look. It's always it's always really good to try to get in the margins with those left handed matchups and such. And Belt, yeah, he's just you know he's been swinging and missing a lot, but he's the wild contact is there, and you got to figure that some of those would just come through for some extra base hits and such going forward. Um, yeah, it's crazy because like the last two weeks have been, I think. I think we had like two or three week stretch where there was so many distinct favorable matchups between Yeah. teams and pitching handedness and volume, right? There was a couple of weeks where it was like um, a lot of teams played seven games and a couple of teams played five, but there were so many options on the wire for like, oh, this guy's got a great Monday to Thursday. This guy's got a great full week.
And there's just was a little less of that last week and definitely looking at it right now. Um, not so much of it this coming week as well. That's why it's really more important to, if you need to stream a bat, to really be just paying attention to this stuff, like lefty righties um, in that scoring period too. Because sometimes if you just look at the, you know, lefties for the week, you know, like, oh, they only have one lefty this week, but it could be in a spot where it's like, oh, you know, he's only going to get a two game Monday to Thursday and a, you know, possible three game Friday to Sunday. So just try to break it into those little yeah periods. Cause it just yeah. makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And I, and I was looking at that too, to see like, does anybody have like three lefties on, you know, the weekend, but there's, it's really like it's super just the angels mixed up right now. The angels had a, a stretch of three weeks where it was always, Sandoval, Detmers, Tyler Anderson, um, and and also when Suarez was around. So they had several, I think maybe three weeks straight, where they had three lefty starters. And they just remember, like, immediately looking at those teams that they were facing and going, yeah. like, who, who, who's smashing yep. lefties right now? <laughs> right. And yep. can I stream them? Yeah. Yeah, that's the danger though. Is like some teams, those lefty smashers, they yeah, they knock out like you know Sandoval in the third inning, and then those lefty mashers get pinch hit for kid like in the fourth inning, and you're like, damn, they only got two at bats. Like mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's it's tough. It's uh yeah. So um, and then you know just in terms of like getting ahead of the fab. So you know obviously this week, um, I was trying to think of like who I think are going to be the the big targets. So mm -hmm. the two that come to mind, Royce Lewis, um, with the twins and Mike Soroka. Um, so I don't think Lewis is owned in any main. So I think we should see 53, um, leagues going after him this week. And then Soroka, I think he's owned in, a, I think like 70% of leagues, um, which was crazy to me. And he went in four leagues last week for, an average of 103. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll get the benefit of seeing another start this weekend from him, I think on Sunday. Um, so that will, based on, based on, uh, you know, historical trends, depending on how he does there, will either, you know, skyrocket him into maybe 200 plus or oh. maybe keep him in the, I don't know, one, 140 range. I think that's where it's gonna go for. Yeah, I'm. I'm very skeptical of it, just in terms of the whole injuries thing, and mm -hmm. um, not mm -hmm. not the LTD, but you know that's just uh, something that's got to stay in the back of my mind. Also, too, when even when he, I mean, I was never really a Soroka fan fantasy wise uh, i always thought like the era and the whip was just not really him you know um, yeah the year that he had a two six eight era and a four two eight sierra and just even his sierra for his career is a four three five you know it's so mm -hmm. like i think people see that two nine five era and they just oh wow you know and he's on the braves and that does make sense i get that there's there's value in that guys like, yeah Bryce Elder, who are not like don't wow us with swing and miss, but they they play on a good team. They make it to five six innings, and 
Got um, a good bullpen behind them. Got a good yep, yep. So yeah. um you know, I'm 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 not gonna be I'm not gonna be in on it. You know, yeah. I don't I don't do uh I don't do keep them honest bids like they say with uh with guys I don't want, you know? Yep. So yep. that's just how I like yeah, to roll. I don't know. The 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 change up uh, from what I've heard from like um uh, was reading from Lance Brostowski that like it's just flat. It's not like uh dropping as much. So mm. it's a little worrisome too because then I think you want that falling off. So let's see what yeah. he does in the second time around. I just like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be interested uh, like at all really to add. I just think he's gonna be like a streamer type of pitcher. Um mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong, but um so I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna bid. And yeah. um it's gonna be healthy. I know that. So Yeah, yeah. Get it I off think, the board. Get it yeah, off the just, board. Yeah, you know, just every week pitching, you know, just following the trend and you get the advantage of the fact that he's done in the major leagues. Granted it was, you know, three years ago at this point, but um still young. I mean it's still crazy how young he is. So yep. um and and he gets the uh pitching behind Strider advantage. So um you know, mm-hmm. that's my my uh logic. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think I'm going to be in on what the cost is going to be. So um, Lewis is interesting, though. Um, I just don't know. The Twins thing is really hard for me to figure out. And, you know, the, the second ACL you saw with Cunha's one ACL last year. Um, is he going to need a lot of rest days and stuff like that? I don't, I don't know. So. I was encouraged by 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 um him taking off in in double A and triple A. Um, yeah, who's four for five in 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 ten games on the base path. So I was like, whoa! I kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I thought he was going to be a little more hesitant to run. But, yeah. Um and and Minnesota has turned it on recently from the start of the season. They are. Definitely trying to get a little more active on the base path. So yep, yep, um, yeah, totally. Uh, he's gonna be pretty popular bid. I think it's like uh, some people might go for him. I think if you know him and Ellie De La Cruz, yeah, you got some nice power speed combinations. Um, obviously Ellie De La Cruz's talent is through the roof. Um, if Rich Lewis never got hurt, we might be talking about them in the same. Sentence we still might even be, you know. Um, but I know Ellie the Cruz people are gonna save money for him, rightfully so. So maybe that softens the bids on Lewis a little bit because in anticipation of that, um, unless he makes his appearance for the weekend and then we'll we'll be picking one or the other. Yeah, that's what I was someone with a lot of money and no offense, maybe both. Yeah, he keep, he keeps trolling on uh, social media where like you know he's he's like I don't know it's pretty funny he's like I, I, he has to be doing it intentionally but like he posted a video of Jimmy Butler being like Boston I'm coming on like Monday morning and it was like the the day that the Reds are playing Boston at Fenway and like. And then he was like posting like pictures of himself on Instagram and like the song like congratulations it was like playing and it's like so everybody's like oh my god he's coming up I'm picking him up and like all this stuff and so he's kind of trolling but he's still he's raking too he like hit a walk off home run today so 
I don't know. They they should call him up, but um, mm -hmm. especially now, like with Friedel hurt, and it's like you could just put Senzel in center and just like just do it. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. I get why they don't. So, um, yeah, yeah, I was, okay. I was yeah, I was. I think I you know I was just thinking of other other guys too. So like Wisniewski with with uh, Steele's injury, um, I would think he's gonna slot back into the rotation. But I know some people are really starting to talk up Ben Brown um, in, in AAA for them as well. Um, so it's one guy, I guess, to keep an eye on. Um, but I I think it should, I mean, as somebody that has Wisniewski in both of my mains, I think it should just be Wisniewski. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I think he's going to get to go. Uh, I don't think they're going to mess with Ben Brown until they really need him. Yeah. yeah. So he should, he should be a guy that is, it goes for, you know, a decent amount this week as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, did a lot of people drop him? Oh, he's at thirty-two percent owned. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah still, I added him where I where he he I added him where he got dropped last week, uh, and then I hung on to him in in another. So that's what I was telling you about. I'm just like being so super. I'm still handling my pitching like like at the beginning of the year, where I think I need to start being more cutthroat. Um, where I'm like I'm still hoarding and like holding on to guys that I think could have value and it's like can't can't stash can't be stashing couple couple of uh either injured or minor league arms at this point. They gotta go. Yep. But gotta uh, go. Gotta but, go. But you know, you see how quickly a guy suddenly has value where like if I cut Wisneski, I think this week he's gonna go for probably like fifty plus if they, as long as they announce he has a starting role, save myself a little money there. But what did you know? Cost myself a bench spot for a couple weeks. So, mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, I think I think a couple of guys uh, that might be increasingly popular. I mentioned Dre Jameson before, yep. um, and I do. I mean, when so they sent him down to AAA, and he started throwing his slider 10% more than what he was throwing in the major league to start the season. And on top of that, what he was throwing last season. Um, so last year he threw 25% sliders in this game of relief. He just had three and two thirds, um, six Ks. He threw 47% sliders mm. and the slider is nasty. He got 11 whiffs on 18 swings for a 61% whiff rate. 39% uh, swing strike rate. The league average for sliders, 16.2% swing strike rate. So, oh, it's just really good. Whiffed everything, 47% whiff. So, I kind of like if he's going to go that slider-heavy approach, he's going to just just do it. And, and he's going to be really, really good. Um, and another guy is Daniel Lynch. Um, for oh. the Royals, I think Daniel Lynch always stays pretty popular within the crowd, right? Mm. Um, so he's had two starts since he's come off the IL. Last start was pretty good five and a third, five hits, two earned run, six Ks, three walks. Uh, he has 32% whiff, 43% whiff on the slider, um, 20% swing and strike rate on the slider and a changeup, and added some. Like ladder, um, horizontal movement to a slider. So last season, and and 
it's because he's throwing it harder, so it's like a little more out of the zone. Last season, gave up 10 home runs off the slider, so and the whip percentage is up this year on it, so I think that he's locating better. And I, I like it. It's going to be interesting. He's striking out a decent amount of batters um, since he's got called up, and I think that because of the previous like prospect world, and uh, I think he has a, he holds a place, I think, in fantasy <laughs> baseball enthusiast heart. So I think yep. he's going to be pretty popular um, and kind of like maybe surprisingly high bids in in some in some regards, you know. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I think that's it for like really guys that I'm kind of watching on for. I mean, you mentioned. Oh, oh, and this um reliever on Texas, Grant Anderson. Mm, um, yeah. Pretty interesting day today. Uh, today or yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Two and a third, seven Ks. Um, he has this crazy low slot like sidearm, right? sidearm delivery, yeah. but also to like the the way his hands releases the ball. It just it's just so odd. You know, like, it's the first thing that you notice that it's not normal. And then the second thought I had in my head is, like, what does this look like to the batter, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's just, see, the ball just had so much run, too, like, in on righties and away from lefties. And, I mean, he he was getting swings and misses like crazy. Um, so it seems like he got some decent work in the minors, too. It seems like he can go to three inning type it's stressed out to do that so through 46 pitches kind of think that if he I mean Texas is just so deep yeah they just love doing like I mean you know like they just love doing this with uh like kind of accumulating their bullpen with these multi-inning like bulk arms like yeah like the Brock you know, Burke, Brock Burke last year yeah Cole Reagan yep. this year yep. too like and Dunning he, before the the injuries like he, you know so and I mean truthfully like that's kind of how you have to I think build a bullpen with how the game is now so um they're handling it really well the whole organization I gotta give them props they um I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, let's see if this uh, all this pays off," and like spending up for the Grom and Seager and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and they haven't even had the Grom out there, uh, and <laughs> you know, Seager missed some time, and they're, and they're just really good, really impressive team. I think I noticed today in my notes that they have four of the top twenty um, RBI getters so far in the major leagues. So anyway, but uh, going to Texas Rangers tangent, but yeah, I guess Degrom should be back. Degrom should be back relatively soon, though. I wonder if what happens to Dunning then, or if they just go six man. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, Could but um, yeah, it should be. I think I think this will be an interesting Fab Week with uh, you know, just so many guys, kind of um uh, coming. Yeah, I think there's just we've already just covered, you know, probably five or six guys that will be very popular, and and that's before anything else. You know, if Ellie comes up, it's gonna be crazy. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I think I think this week next, you know, this time next week we'll be talking about a lot of interesting, um, ads that have happened. So looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Just... Absolutely, 
Fantastic, man. Hope you have a wonderful week and uh, hope yeah, your team you too, keeps rising in the ranks. And well, right now we're we're we we're not keep. We need to turn it around. We, we need, need to, to get start. back up. Yeah, we <laughs> need to we need to pivot and start going back up because uh yeah, the last week and a half has been a little tough. It'll change. It changes. It's changing quick right now. And yep, it is. Like, uh, it is. It's it, it's amazing how like how much a six homer day can like do for you. Some nights I'm like, whoa. It's amazing. It's just it's just a reminder too how how cluttered it still is. And some leads, you know, there's there's like big gaps in you know packs of home runs. You know, it was like a cluster from eight to twelve, and then one in five is a big difference. But in in most of my leagues, it's all really there too for the taking. So it's just a couple of hot streaks from players to really start moving the needle for you. Doesn't take long. Yeah. You know? Yep. Cool. All right, Dom. Good stuff this week. All right. Thanks, Rob. We'll talk.